What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. Fatherhood's Fatherhood podcast. podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. All right, everybody. Our guest took his side hustle and turned it into his full-time gig, diving deep into iconic albums from notable artists like Kendrick Lamar, Lauryn Hill, and Kanye West. In his latest season of the Spotify original Dissect, he analyzes childish Gambinos because of the internet. When not in the lab, he's playing his position at the crib, completely out-hormoned by his wife and two daughters. Welcome into the Fatherhoods Podcast, Mr. Cole Kuchner. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming in knowing you. I'm going to try my best, but uh, I'm not known for the... I'm known for the monotone voice, not the high energy, but no, it's great. Oh, good. I mean, here. you're in space. We don't expect anything else. <laughs> don't worry. Don't we're gonna, low, we're, I'm low monotone with you, man, so it's all good. We're going to okay. bring it out of you today. Don't worry. And I'm Cuban, yeah. and he's Dominican, so we're high energy. So, Cole, man, um, I did a little research, but I, I want you to kind of break down for us, and I, I mentioned this in the in the open. You, you're out hormoned in your household, so this is your wife and two daughters, correct? Yep, yep. So what's what's the ages and kind of what's the situation at the at the crib? Like how how did you come to have two daughters and yeah, to take us through that. Yeah, yeah. What do you uh, want no, the birds and know, the bees, man? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. The, the wife <laughs> the wife approved version. Yeah, well, yeah. Manny. <laughs> yeah, as Kanye used to say, it takes a lot of practice. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, we were married Man, my my sense of time is is off, but I mean, I've been married to my wife for eleven years, and uh, we had kids. I guess five years or so into that, my oldest is uh, five, about to be six in March, and just started kindergarten this year, which mm. is interesting. And um, we have a two year old that um, that just turned two, and yeah, it's um, female focused. My my wife also has four sisters, so she, they've got four aunties. Um, yeah the male presence is is uh is you know it's not dominating but uh, <laughs> that's fine with me it's fine so i'm gonna veer off real quick just yeah. on that and e I'm, I'm always asking this for you so <laughs> thanks um, man yeah <laughs> with you with your two kids when the when the younger one came into play was there jealousy with your older daughter and how did you manage that yeah, I mean, it's it was definitely something we were expecting, or you know, you hear a lot about it. Um, I would say for the most part, we haven't had much of that, especially in the beginning. She was really excited. It was almost like her new toy or something that she could show off. She's always really excited about introducing her to family members or friends, and um, so it wasn't a lot of that until actually she got older. The youngest one got older, and as soon as stuff was involved, that's when like there was a little bit of jealousy present, you know, there's always the, the present comparison. She got more than me or whatever. Um, so it wasn't until like, yeah, material goods came into to view and, and there's a threat there. But for the most part, I think we've been lucky so far. I mean, they're still young. So I'm assuming a lot of this is going to change um, as they get older, but 
so far so good i would say generally speaking was there any prep between yeah. your wife <laughs> makes you feel better Esau. no no it doesn't <laughs> make me feel any better he's gonna cry right now my, my daughter hated my son right out the gate oh uh, really yeah yeah maybe i don't know if it's the gender thing or personality types but I feel like actually if it was the opposite, I would say the younger one is already showing signs of being a little more um, having a temper and a little more possessive. Um, so I, if the, the roles were switched, I can see it actually going maybe worse. But um, yeah, I don't know. In terms of prepping, she she was always excited. She was always wanting another. She always wanted a sister. Um, so it wasn't anything we had to convince her of. It was always excitement for her. So what was the age difference though? Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, she was, I guess she was almost four when, so it's a, it's about a three year difference, a little over three years. So, um, that I think probably that helped. Yeah. I think that plays into my situation. My daughter was too young to really prep her. Well, she just, you know, he's a, a, almost a toddler. And then all of a sudden a baby comes and she's like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So, e, center- e, ha- having having explored this a few times with guests, like if you could do it all over again, would you prob- <clears throat> would you have pushed to like delay a little bit longer between the kids, knowing what you know now? I think it's too early to tell because everybody that we spoke to before was like, "Get it out the way. You're already in the trenches. Just be in the trenches a little bit longer." You love in the trenches, so, like. Excuse me? You'd love Do I love the trench? Yeah. No. I'm in the fucking foxhole. I'm getting shelled. I got PTSD. No sleep. Oh, There'll be better days. Indeed. Cole, uh, how did you stumble into, and I say that like it was an accident, but I'm sure this, there was a lot of planning and effort involved, but like you you started, it sounds like you, what's the genesis of Dissect? Like tell us how, how that came to be. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It, it ties into having a daughter, to be honest. Um, I had, I mean, I've been a lifelong musician. So since 13, I've played guitar and played in bands for 10 to 12 years and was self-taught. And then when I was in my mid-20s, I went to college to get formal training uh, and studied mostly classical music and theory and stuff and got a de- degree in music composition. And I'd always had creative projects essentially my whole life. But after I graduated college, I didn't want to be in a band anymore. I didn't really want to, you know, pursue my own music because I kind of got a taste of what that would look like. And it wasn't actually the life, even though it was the life I thought I wanted for my whole life. When I actually got a taste of it, it it ended up being not something I wanted to pursue. Um, What was it? Could you share? Like, are you able to share? Like, what was the big turn off? It was, I mean... It was no mostly, yeah, but the, <laughs> like it's, just, it's a struggle. Like it's, it takes a certain personality to persevere for years. You know, typically it's, it's years in the making. Um, you know, we say overnight success, but there's no such thing, right? Like it's always a grind before you get a little bit back. And so I was in a band that I felt actually had some promise, but now I'm, you know, in my late twenties and sleeping on floors um even being in a band with other people was really hard at a certain point just because you kind of start when you get older and you're starting you you want to start a family obviously that kind of like more practical side of you kicks in and you start looking around at your situation and you actually start looking at your bandmates and you're like okay these are now my business partners and then the relationship 
changes and you're like, okay, I'm actually going to be relying on these people for my livelihood potentially. And then that kind of alters things. So I just kind of, it just wasn't the life I really wanted to lead. And I had gotten married and we wanted to have kids. And so I just didn't see it working for me. I mean, plenty of people make it work and that's great, but that just wasn't my, what I wanted to do. Um, so essentially that kind of left me after I got out of college without a creative project for the first time. Um, so one of the things that I noticed um, while I was studying classical music in college was there was this huge separation between what I studied in college, which was mostly classical, and then what I experienced before that, which was mostly contemporary music, like popular music. Um, and there's like this huge divide between the two, which always felt really weird to me. So it's kind of that kind of was like in the back of my mind, like how could I like bridge these two worlds together? Um, and then we had a daughter, my our first daughter, and at the time, I was you know, you guys know more than anyone. There's a lot of like downtime, as as crazy it all is, and the <laughs> lack of sleep and all that. There's actually a lot of time where you're just sitting there with the newborn, kind of just like watching it. There's not much to do in the beginning, so I'd always have like podcasts going in the background, um, and I was I'm like the type of person that if I hear something and I like it, I'm like, oh, how could I do that? What would I do? Um, and I used to love writing in college, um, like history essays and researching like Beethoven and writing his story into an essay. So, um, but the genesis, I would say that the particular moment that the show was born was actually the day that I took my daughter home for the you know, first daughter home for the first time. It was the day after Kendrick Lamar's, she was born the day after Kendrick Lamar's to pimp a butterfly came out and so we have her home for the first time she woke up super early in the morning and i hadn't listened to the album yet so i put on headphones and i listened to the album it was like picturesque moment like sun coming sunrise coming through the window listening to kendrick lamar holding my newborn baby and like the whole event had a the album had an impact on me that experience had an impact on me and what kendrick lamar was talking about that in that album just never left me. And I knew that I really wasn't going to be able to understand or even close, become close to what, to understand what he was talking about without actually doing what I used to do in college, which was research the shit out of the, the composer, the music, and also the, the time and place in which it was created. And in this case was present day. Mm. So essentially I kind of took the approach that I used to take in college with Beethoven, Mozart, and all these you know, and it just applied it to Kendrick Lamar. And the, essentially that was the genesis of the podcast. Wow. That's pretty sense. fucking deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Long story, but yeah. Uh, no, 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 that was really kind of like yeah. culminated. No, that's super. Um, so let me ask you this. So I guess from the genesis of it to then you're in the trenches with the newborn, how easy or difficult was it to then, you know, take the idea and try to execute on it while you're in the midst of, caring for a newborn baby yeah that was tough looking back i kind of don't really realize how i did it um it was just a lot of sacrifice you know i didn't i feel like i didn't sacrifice my time and attention with the newborn but the newborn also went to bed at you know 7 p.m um and oh you had a good baby yeah (laughs) yeah i mean there was issue there's definitely issues but generally speaking um, you know, once she was down, um, you had some free time at night. And so I would just essentially chip away with it, chip away at it at night. And it was almost like therapeutic. It was like my time to kind of just sit down, 
do research, do writing and just listen to music. And like, it would just kind of became my outlet uh, amidst working nine to five amidst time and energy with the family, figuring that all out. It was kind of just this time that I dedicated for myself, which I think you guys all know the value of that. If you don't have that for yourself, especially if you're in a job that doesn't satisfy you, you you really need something to, to kind of sustain you through everything else, even if it's 10% of your time, 5% of your time. All right. Yeah, that leads to Call insanity. of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely insanity if you don't have that. Yeah, that's cr- that's wild. So, were you prior to embarking on this journey, right? Were you ever in? Well, you you've done creative projects, but podcast specifically, like, because I, I didn't get to listen to your first one, so I don't have a, a comparing a comparison. But like, I, I've, it's a produced thing, right? It's not like, for instance, our podcast is relatively on the fly on a weekly basis like we're just having real conversation based on what's happening in our present lives what it is we put out a rough draft (laughs) yeah every week every week this shit is rough as fuck but but like great though yeah but you went in and you kind of you laid it out you mentioned like your your the way your strategy for college and how you embarked on those missions back then with classical artists that's how you I don't want to call it scripted to sound kind of like devalue it because I feel like sometimes that knocks down certain things, but you did lay it out in a pretty planned and professional oh, yeah. manner, correct? Yeah, I think, I mean, a couple, I mean, in terms of the technical side, that was easy for me because I used to record right. bands, which, you know, takes 24 tracks and a podcast takes one. one. So it's like the technical side, I was really, you know, that was really easy for me. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I did use a lot of, of my kind of collegiate approach in terms of like laying out the, the season structure, but really actually it was two real influences. One was serial, like serial, like many yeah. people yeah. was the podcast that got me into podcast. And so, I mean, it's even in the title, the subtitle of dissect is a serialized music podcast. Right. Um, and so I really love the structure of serial where you get that cliffhanger at the end and you want to listen to the next one. So I kind of took it from there and then, the other source was um, these things called the great courses, which is kind of similar to masterclass now, if, you, if you've seen those ads. Um, mm-hmm. But the way that those courses are structured, it's ex- essentially exactly like dissect. Um, each, each, um, each, cor- each class or like lecture has a focus. And then you move on to the next one, which ties back in with the previous one. And then by the end of the course, you have this accumulative knowledge. And I essentially just stole that. And with an album, you know, you use each song, it becomes your structure for each episode. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes like, you know, a 13 hour analysis of one um, album, but just separated by song. So that was essentially how I approached it. That's pretty dope. All right, let's let's talk about the issues because you're in a closet right now, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, a you're the, you're not the first person that I've heard stuff themselves in a closet to record a podcast. So you're not in a closet, Manny. Pause. Just in case. <laughs> no, no, I mean no. I meant that. Literally. Are you? I didn't mean that like that. I just. Man, it looks like it's, you're in a closet. It's too. It's you, bro. You got me on defense all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, no, I'm in the basement, bro. Not a closet. Okay. Um, okay. So, either you have a humongous closet, or you are a minimalist at the you know the upper echelon of minimalists that you can make something like this work. So, how does that function? Because I'm assuming you're doing it obviously for the obvious reason, right? There's probably some chaos or potential chaos because of 
the family situation. So how do you set one up? Like you have a crazy looking background, so we can't really see, but like, is this, am I just overanalyzing? I'm curious I'm, to what's in, like how oh, yeah. it looks behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I can, uh, I can show you. I don't really mind showing you guys, but you know, essentially, I mean, one closet sound better. So that was, I mean, that's on top of uh, trying to find a private space. So it's that, like the vocal booth mentality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the clothes in here actually, if I turn my camera off or this background off, it's all closed behind me and it's all closed actually in front of me here too. Okay. Um, and that dampens the sound. Like soundproofing, which, right. Yeah, exactly. And it works. This act, this room works great. Um, I didn't always record in a closet. Um, at my previous house, I just recorded in a room like kind of like how you guys are now. And I had some like soundproofing stuff uh, around it, but this worked just as well. And um, hey, I know it's funny because I joined Spotify and I essentially have a budget um that would allow me to do things nicer but the the indie kind of like do-it-yourself personality i kind of like the low the low level i still have basic equipment yeah um i kind of like that that's kind of what got me here because before spotify i was just had a hundred dollar microphone and just literally that's that was the biggest cost was a hundred dollar microphone so you know you don't ever want to leave too get away too far from what got you here so that's part of me trying to like i don't know keep it keep it grounded keep it authentic a little bit it's just kind of like not going to some fancy studio now do do your kids try to come in that closet do they wonder like why is my dad going in there and not coming out for another hour or so no i mean i do most of the day i do most of the recording at when they're at school or at daycare so they don't actually... and they tell their friends my dad just came out the closet <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be one of your kids podcasts daddy's in the closet yeah <laughs> gonna talk about all sorts of shit let's like so me... that <laughs> <laughs> Does your oldest daughter have any idea like what a podcast is? Not really. Not I. It's I try to explain it to her, but it still doesn't yeah. click. You know, I I basically tell her that I get to talk about music as my job, um, and if I'm talking about an artist that she likes, she's usually more pays attention more. Like when I did Beyonce, she loves Beyonce. So, um, but even then, it was she'll she'll i like will often like proof my episodes in the car with, when she's in the car i don't even think she knows it's me uh, <laughs> on there so one of these days uh we're going to do a podcast together but um until then I don't, yeah the concept is so abstract that's really cool how, how did so, you <clears throat> how did you get to the point where you can flip it into joining spotify and actually getting a budget to produce and uh i'm asking for a friend how, <laughs> how that works <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah, just to jump on that real quick is that for, you know, podcasts have become so popular now, just in terms, it's almost like the equivalent of being a musician, right? Being a podcaster and starting your own podcast. And for those that are listening to our podcast and have interest in this, yeah, how do you go from here's your initial idea now you're going to produce it and then, you know, you hit that kind of holy grail of you're with a big company and and making it happen for a living yeah i think um i think there's a number number of components i would say in terms of like advice i always tell people just do it because you love it or because you want to um the most the, the questions i get most on on social media or, or email or whatever is like i have this idea and i <laughs> i want to start a podcast i'm just and it's like 
why haven't you done it yet? Like you have the idea. Right. Right. Podcasting, you could start at any moment. That's what I Yeah, it's like I always try to like jump in first and like figure it out later, kind of. Right. Just just go for it. Because what I often see is people just getting hung up on the that that invisible wall between you and doing the actual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longer that you put it off, I feel like the harder it gets be- to become to cross that threshold. So I always encourage people first and foremost is just jump in, just do it. Don't think too hard about it. Um, and that's what I did uh, in terms of like, yeah, it's interesting for me specifically because I did this only because I wanted to, like the, it was a creative outlet for me. Like I said, when I didn't have much else going on in terms of creative things. So it started from a, authentic place which i actually think really helped uh in retrospect and it was kind of pure in that way and i only did it i made something that i wanted i would like to hear like if someone came to me and said start a successful podcast it would not be this one right like i would have i had no idea there'd be an audience for the i mean it's super nerdy like what i do and i didn't know there'd be this many people that actually would be willing to listen to you know, essentially a 13 hour analysis of one guy talking about one album. Um, so again, so I think the concept actually has to come from a genuine place um, and a genuine place of interest for you personally. And that, that kind of authenticity and that passion will translate. Um, and so I think those are probably the two main components in terms of like how I got to Spotify is really dumb luck and chance, you know, like I just made the show uh, the first season um, didn't have that many listeners, especially in the beginning. It was like, you know, my friends or uh, even and my family listened maybe to the first episode, <laughs> you know, and it was a really slow going. And I would say even by the end of the first season, which was 22 episodes, I had a, you know, rel- I would say pretty small. It wasn't nothing, but it was like nothing you can build a career on. But right. mm. um the second season was when things really started to pick up in terms of people listening. Uh, a lot of that had to do with who I did, which was Kanye for, for season two and one of the most beloved albums of all time, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Um, so at that, you know, anything Kanye does or anything about Kanye is pretty magnetic. So right. I had that going for me. Um, I think I got better at the show. I hope I got better at the show. By that point, I had some practice. I kind of had my formula down. So hopefully the show was tighter at that point. And once it was kind of just a snowball effect, like one little article in complex is really where I could like point to that being the moment things started to really snowball over the, the next couple of months. Um, one thing kind of just always seemed to lead to the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, word was just getting out about the show. And this was mind you like three or four years ago, and the podcast landscape has changed dramatically. Yeah. Since then. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd be where I am now if I started later. I think timing was a big thing. I would say the last component, though, is like perseverance um, and just knowing that in the beginning, you're not going to have an audience and it's going to take you probably a long time. Like I would say, give yourself at least a year. Um, so everything even, in the creative world as well. Yeah. Like don't even expect results um, for the first year, I would say. and really just doing it for yourself and honing your craft i mean even the biggest podcast in the world joe rogan you know he talks all the time about doing it only for himself only for fun Mm -hmm. and having only like a thousand listeners in the in the beginning and obviously where he is now is just incredible 
Um, but I think that's like, that's kind of everyone's story, right? Especially in a new medium like this is just do it because you want to. And the other stuff, if, if it's, if it's meant to happen, if you're working hard and you're putting out content and if it's good, it'll find an audience. And hopefully from there, you can kind of build on it. Right. Let's um circle back to fatherhood here, guys. <laughs> and you, and you mentioned uh, doing potentially a podcast, right? With your daughter. With your daughter. Now, you, I'm sure all of you guys have seen, uh, like, if you watch YouTube with your kids, I'm assuming all of you kind of do, you're going to come across these videos where these people do, uh, they film their kids or they have their the, the their hands in there, like a grown-ass man's hands in there with the toys. Ryan's toy review. That's what you're talking <laughs> about. All those things. And I've, I've been watching them, and I'm like, man, I look at my daughter, like, we're going to kill this game right here. Like, we'll murder this right here. These people suck, you know? Do you guys has I mean you've already mentioned that you're thinking of doing something with your daughter. Has anybody else here on the pod thought of doing anything with their kids like that, like content wise? My kids ask me all the time. My my youngest, she's four. She's always Dad, when we're gonna do a podcast. And she'll she'll like tell me shit about what she because she'll see random shit about fatherhoods. She'll see a hoodie right. that I have or, you know, a sticker or whatever. And she'll, and she'll like recite things about podcasting that makes her sound like she knows what the fuck she's talking about. Like <laughs> just random shit that she'll hear. I, I still don't really know where the hell she gets it from. I think, I think some of the stuff that we put on YouTube somehow ends up in her, in her lap. And she's like, picking up on little things but she's always really intrigued and she's every time every now and again she'll come downstairs and be like turn the microphone on let's record and i'm like okay all right and we just like do a little fake podcast here and there but i think out of all of them she's probably the one that's gonna be she's gonna push me to do something with her check check this out this is not a real demo this is me just eating shit with my daughter but this is our demo right now that that's launching tonight <laughs> you gotta send me that that's good social media <laughs> <laughs> you, you heard the end i gotta go pee pee i gotta go pee pee <laughs> Yeah, that's the future of my child. <laughs> Cole, well, let you, me ask you guys you get, this. I mean, when you look at someone, something like, I mean, Ryan and that whole scenario and some of these kids, I mean, I, I'm conflicted because it's, I mean, what? Definitely. He made, 20, or, he made like 26 million Khaled, or something, right? Khaled as well. Like, that's a different way of doing it. But Khaled, at first, with him, when he was, you know, everything with his kid, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I could do that, man. Like, if I could put my child like that out in in the public, I like see something like that where you don't see the kid's face. Right. And maybe you're using your hands. Like I'm more comfortable with something like that. But putting my child's face in front of in the public like that is, is difficult for me. Yeah. My, my son was at a maybe a couple of years ago was watching more YouTube than like cartoon shows. Just like regular you know, random YouTube stuff. Yeah. Whatever you call it. I don't even know what you call some of this content. And then I started noticing him picking up on it like he would start recording just because i wouldn't allow him to have a youtube channel it's like oh can i have a youtube channel and record some stuff I'm like no definitely not and um and then i would catch him recording like these how-to videos but just on you know just on the ipad that wasn't going anywhere 
And then that started freaking me out a little bit. Like, yeah, so I don't know about this. And then I shut down a lot of the YouTube watching. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't need you to start learning how to do how-to videos on things. <laughs> you got scared. You were like, whoa, this is about to snowball. Let me chill. Yeah. Not to make a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then he then he then he left it alone after a while. But every now and then, was, yeah, because you, know, you closed yeah. off all the, all the doors for yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. How about how about you, Cole? Do you, do your daughters do any of that? Do they record stuff on the, uh, in their iPads or whatever they have? Yeah, we use um they not, not, they don't do them themselves. Um, but I don't know if you guys have girls, but yeah, I do. My okay. oldest is is um obsessed with those LOL things. The LOL um, yes. I'm talking about. Yep. Um, and so she would always watch the little unboxing, unwrapping the LOLs on YouTube. So when she started to buy the LOLs, we would I would make these little videos of her unwrapping the LOL and explaining what it was. I mean, this is when she was three, but it was just for ourselves. For you know, I've just sent it to my family members or something. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm like you guys in terms of putting it out there. Um, that's a different thing. The what I like about podcasts is that it forces you to sit down and have long conversations like this. It's like an excuse to talk. And I always thought that might be a good avenue to communicating with her at some point, maybe mm. not now, but like, even if like, doesn't even, I mean, obviously you don't have to publish anything, but you can kind of keep them for your right. records. And maybe you look back and, and listen to them in years, years later and just kind of can kind of see where they were at, at that moment, um, almost like a time capsule or something. But the I just like tapes. the idea of like talking to them and, in a long form discussion where you're really zoned in. That's that's what I like about conversational podcasts. They give you that excuse to do exactly what we're doing now. That's a, how, how would you keep, keep them engaged in, into doing a long conversation? Yeah. I don't know. I've, I haven't tried it. So it's, it's obviously it sounds good in theory, but um, <laughs> right. until, I actually, until I actually try it. Um, but it is a good idea because I mean, I no, know. it's a dope idea. Cause I look at like a lot of, I don't know when I look when I meet kids through my through my son you know there are some that can look you in the eye and have a and start having a back and forth and then there's a lot that you know they, they can't even utter a word they just you know don't know how to talk to, to people and so that is a good idea just in terms of encouraging your kids to be able to hold a conversation uh, so there's some funny shit that just happened yesterday as a matter of fact in my house that ties in nicely here so like i'm and i think we all feel this way i don't know if we've ever ever discussed it on the pod but the the onslaught of the digital realm as it relates to our kids right that's pretty much all they know like this is their lives like the digital social media whatever you call it right and so it's and we've theorized this on, on the pod where they're not going to know how to be social in the real world because their entire lives are on a screen or in a computer, right? But yesterday, my my eldest, she's thirteen. I'm I was telling her about my workout that day and and something you know some types of pushups that I was doing, and then she was like, "Did it work?" And I'm like, "Did what work?" And she's like, "What, Dad? I didn't say that. I said." did it hurt whatever she said some other she claims she said some other shit but my wife is there my son is there and they're like yo you're bugging you just said did it hurt and then two seconds later she says some other shit like random that didn't have anything to do with what she was actually thinking 
And I got scared. I was like, yo, like, there's no, this, this shit is becoming a reality. Like, she can't, and she had just been on her phone a second before she started actually having a dialogue with us in the real world. So I immediately attributed it to her phone. And I'm like, yo, you can't hold a conversation in real life because your mind and your mouth are not connected anymore. And she started to look at, she was like bugging out. She was like, I didn't say that. And we're all like, yo, dog, I'm not wilding. <laughs> your mom's not wilding. And, and at that moment, I was like, Yo, maybe that digital medium is the meeting point. Like to your point, Cole. She got caught in the matrix. Yeah, and she's a really bright kid. So I was like, "She an idiot?" And I'm like, "No, she's fucking amazing. Like she's intellectually, you know, pretty sound." But maybe that's gonna be our reality as as fathers who know both worlds, right? It's like the the digital medium may have to be the meeting place for us to have conversation with some depth. Because that's all they know. And the introduction of Clubhouse goes either even further into this oh shit. Right? <laughs> oh, God. What's Clubhouse? Oh, oh thank oh, you. I'm so I'm happy. I'm so glad that he doesn't know what Clubhouse is. <laughs> I'm so happy. You don't know about Clubhouse? It's a party no. line, basically. It's this, it's this new app. It's supposed to be all the rage. Um, it's invite only. That's what's causing the rage. People like to argue with each and other. And basically, it's you. I, I don't know. I mean, you're you're pretty young, but you might remember them. Uh, part like hotlines, party hotlines, party mm -hmm. chats on phones. I don't know. Did that ever? Maybe not. You might That's be familiar. Too young that. Yeah, yeah. But back in our days, <laughs> you get on the phone, and then yeah. people from all over would connect, and it'd be like just a million people talking on the phone. Mm. And Sounds now like they've created an app that is that. Interesting. You create, but you create rooms now, and okay. like the industry's heavy into it, the music industry, and um, and the, there's a business world side of it as well, and people like create a room, and then all these people jump into it, and they can listen, and someone is the moderator, and people are just going crazy over it, and but people spend hours on it, and I'm talking about like artists, like big artists, and they're on there 24 seven now. Mm. It's yeah, really, it's, it's really weird. I'm actually. Popping my cherry tomorrow. Pause uh, on it. <laughs> so come join me on Clubhouse. Pause again. <laughs> so, so Cole, you're a sneakerhead, yes? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any challenges keeping your your kicks in proper order with your daughters running around your house? I so well, it's, they've always been tucked away in my closet. So I would say. Not so much, but my wife just got me to shoot like a bunch of shoe boxes. Yeah, the plastic um, joints. The yeah, little lid uh, that opens in the front. Exactly, that's a game changer. Now it's yeah. like perfectly organized, uh, stacked right behind me, actually. But um, it's yeah, those have been game changer, and they're protective. So um, you don't worry anymore. I don't worry anymore. But no, you were sweating. There was there was a few moments where you were like, Ugh. well, the worst is you guys know this. The worst is if you're at outside or at a park and you got your, oh, fuck. You got shoes on. Don't say it. And you know, I'm, I'm always like dance. Anytime they get close to me, I'm like dancing around them because I know just they're gonna clumsily just step gonna on stomp the on your shit. <laughs> Especially just running out of the park, it's muddy or dirty, and you're just like, I've I've had a few. Um, especially if they're suede, man. They're, I mean. If you, you can if you can wear leather, it's that's the the way to go because it wipes off usually. But um, yeah, that's I'm really I've been always very cautious of of that for sure. I'm an asshole uh, for even saying this, but I've I've softly 
nudged my kids away when I saw they were coming too close. Yeah. So they kind of stumble away from me. Like I've had to do that a few times because <laughs> it was in scenarios like that where they were just stepping all over grass and I had like white shoes on and I was not having it. So I had to like go over there, detour <laughs> motherfucker, go that away. <laughs> K and E, they don't, they don't relate. They, uh, they're not sneakerheads like Dirty that. Shoe gang, like. <laughs> <laughs> Bata Susia gang. I was, like, I was like, strategically, I was like, okay, I'll just wear like, I'll find one pair of crappy shoes, and I'll just wear those all the time. But it's like you're with your kids way too much, and like, especially now in the pandem- pandemic, there's only a certain, you know, only certain opportunities you can, yeah, get your your kicks off. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Going back real quick to, um, I guess, the advice that you were giving on the podcast side of things. Do you take that, like, perseverance and doing the things that you love and finding a passion? Do you Have you taken that kind of advice as parenting approach as well for, like, I know when, when the kids are younger, it's, you know, it's not like you're going to sit down and start lecturing them on you know, find what you, your passion in life. But at a certain age, like I'm thinking for my son, maybe he was around that five year, five year mark or something like that. They start to understand a bit more and become inquisitive with, you know, what are we going to do for the rest of our lives and all that stuff? Are are you taking some of that advice and approach and and applying it to how you're talking to your daughter? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely try, um, in spots when I think it's, you know, when it applies, I think for me, the, my approach to advice, at least so far is just kind of opportunistic. It's not like I've yet to just sit them down out of the blue and kind of said, said, give them some spiel or lecture about life. Um, I've kind of just let it come, but something that I'm always thinking about, especially I would say in like kind of today's culture where there's a little more like coddling and, and everyone's a winner uh, mentality, which <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's good and bad. And, and I think I'm cautious that the pendulum might, might swing too far the other way. And like, I think learning to fail is like really, really important. You know, that's something that I'm working on my oldest daughter with. She's hates to lose uh, like at board games or anything. And she'll, you know, sometimes we'll try to, we'll catch her like trying to cheat to win. And it's like, <laughs> those are the things where I'm like, okay, unacceptable. Um, like cheating for me is like, is the biggest kind of no, no, uh, that and lying. And so, yeah, just try to be opportunistic about it, but that's something I'm, especially as they get older is something I'm going to really try to impart on them as much as possible. Um, cause I think it's, you try to, you try to teach them universal, universal principles that can apply to no matter where they go in life and what they do can apply to basically anything. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys are like me, but when you, before you have kids, it's like you have some like grand vision that you're going to sculpt them into like, yeah. for me, it was yeah, like, I'm going to sculpt them into like a virtuosic <laughs> right. cello player and they're going to tour, you know, it's like you have all these, you know, dumb ambitions for them. But then you realize that, yeah. when you're born, it's like when they're born, at least for me, it's like you realize like, I actually don't care what she does. I, whatever she ends up wanting to do, I just want her to, to do the best version of that. And so if that's a musician, that's a musician. If that's a nurse, it's a nurse. If it's a... Just want them to be happy. Yeah, and you, and you just want to success... You know, the, I feel like the principles of success don't really change whatever 
venue that you're in. They're all the same universal thing. So that's the kind of things I'm always trying to think about in terms of like shaping them, uh, so to speak. I have one, I have one last question on my mind. So well, actually two, one about parenting. When you think about, so I guess I'll share something first. So for me, I'll tell you guys like lecturing has, it's like a 50, 50 chance that it works. And I've seen this prove out with my kids. Right. So I get into these long, deep conversations about the most shallow shit just to try to help them understand the different vantage points as to why I think something is significant. Depending on the topic, it could work and it could not. And the only way I know is when they start asking questions or if they just just stare at me because they know that if they look off, I'm going to fucking chew their heads off, right? So I'd say if you can help it, don't lecture. Just try to be very succinct because I'm never that way. And But the other thing too is I find that I don't want to call it harsh criticism because that's not what it is. But like when you're serious about a critique, you know, you're not, you're not berating them, but you are driving home the point in a serious tone for my kids that sent that tends to work. And I don't mean like screaming because they did something wrong. I mean, like, for instance, my, my oldest, she's, uh, she, she's into, she used to be into basketball. It's still up in the air, whether or not she's still into it. But, and she always would tell me, I want to be really good at this. And I'm like, all right, for you to be really good, we need to do X, Y, and Z. Are you committed to doing these things? And she's telling me, yes. And I'm like, okay, so that means that when you aren't doing these things, I have you know, free reign to course correct. She's like, yes. Mm-hmm. So we go at it, whatever. And then when she's like being lazy, I would tell her, all right, two laps, five laps, whatever it is, right? In a, in a serious tone, like, all right, you, you playing? All right, let's go do laps. The other day, she's in the garage. She's she just got a skateboard, thanks to Uncle K. And she's playing with the skateboard, and and she's, my wife catches her talking to herself. And she's telling herself, come on, stop being a punk. You got to get, come on, get on the skateboard. You got, come on. And then she'll, she finishes off by saying, in daddy voice. <laughs> So I don't. I, I took it like shit. Did I just fuck up my daughter? Or but I was kind of proud at the same time. So all that to say, like all these little things that we might think don't resonate with our kids, actually do. So we have to be super careful about how hard we go or how long we speak or what have you, because it will make an impact. I know I'm sp- preaching to the choir, but like it was real. That moment yesterday was like it really sunk in to me and I was like, Oh shit. Okay. I have to be very, I have to choose kind of where I'm going to spend the time to, to talk or how to speak. Um, what but, you're going to be known as basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to stop cursing. Cause my dog's gonna be like, fuck shit, fuck shit. And daddy voice. Fuck, fuck, fuck shit. Fuck. <laughs> oh man. Any final takes guys before we roll? I, I want to hear this podcast with your daughter. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Um, you guys watch Soul? I have not watched it yet. Oh, you yeah, haven't watched it yet? No. The, the On Netflix? Uh, the Disney, Disney Plus. Plus, right? Oh, I did. Yeah. I hated it because they shit it on my Knicks. <laughs> 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 nah, it was dope. It was dope. Did you watch it with your kids? Oh, yeah. Did they like it? Loved it. 
No, they did. Okay. Did they want to watch it? They did because of the okay. trailers, but they didn't quite understand what it was dealing with. Mm. But so what is it dealing with? I don't know. I don't know anything about death. It. Like it, yeah. it's oh. very early into it. Like, like purpose, it, like it purpose of life, and yeah, it's like very mm. deep for a kids' movie. Did you watch it with your kids, Cole? Yeah, I, I, was, I was interested to hear you guys' wow. take on it because my daughter didn't want to watch it. She, I had to basically force her to watch it the first time, just because. I mean, when you see just like the images, like the the promotional stuff, it's like it doesn't actually really apply to kids. Yeah, um, there's a cat, but that's about it. So she wasn't really <laughs> immediately turned on by it. But once she watched it, she was like obsessed with it for like five days and watched it every day since then. So. It was just a, it was a really cool experience because I loved it. And I thought it's like, I mean, it's an adult film as much as it is, or even more than it is a kid's movie. All right. Um, and I just loved it. I just wanted to hear, yeah, just hear if your kids check it out. It. Yeah. My kid, I gotta get, I gotta get my kid back into watching that kind of stuff. I mean, he's like, if it doesn't have Chevy Chase in it and it's not national <laughs> vacation, that, well, he doesn't that's want it. fucking dope, though. <laughs> he doesn't want He doesn't want any parts of it. Damn, you, you turn your son into an old soul real fast. <laughs> <laughs> My kids usually, when they do love some shit, especially Disney, they'll put it on heavy rotation all the time. Yeah, they, That didn't happen with Soul, but we mm. we came away from watching it all of them, like, with a positive perspective. Like, 13, eight, 7, and 4, all of them had their own perspective on it and enjoyed yeah. the movie. And they picked up. So my youngest, which is what's interesting, and it, it freaks me out, because I'd, I'd say I'm scared of death. Or, or mm-hmm. like, I, I don't want to die, basically, right? Like, I mean, nobody does. But, like, yeah. I look at it, and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I always feel like I'm wasting time. Mm. And I'm like, yo, I gotta hurry up. I gotta sense get this of urgency. Shit. Yeah, because I don't know what I don't know when my time is up, right? So I guess that's my fear. So my youngest, she doesn't really have that. I mean, she's still a kid, but she talks about death and people that have died in our families. Like she understands what that means and mm. like she's not panicked by it. And yeah. it freaks me the fuck out. So with soul Yeah, okay. No, I'm just gonna say I think there's like a that young phase when they're yeah, a certain age where, yeah. where they talk about it like that, and then they hit a certain age where they start to realize that oh, this could happen to you and mom and me, and it's almost like yeah, my my son was kind of the same way when he was three to five or six or something. It was just talk about it matter of factly, but then as he's getting older, now it's more like panic inducing if he starts to think about oh this could actually happen like there's some kind of click there where they realize that it's you know it's okay. something else than just talking about it maybe that's it because it freaked me out because she was talking about soul like like my other kids were like skipping through the whole death thing even though it was there and they understood it but they were kind of like focusing on other things because it was like weird to talk about and then she was just like dial, dialed in like oh yeah when he felt him the man died death and like yeah. wow i'm like yo chill out yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, know, it, it, you guys that never like have a complicated conversation when you see like a dead animal somewhere i i just yeah. like you know we'll see a dead bird or a dead cat and i'll be like she'll be like what happened to him daddy i go he's dead <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes around going he's dead <laughs> We see, she's too young, but I'm sure a little bit older, she yeah. might want to get a little deeper into it. 
Yeah, no, nah, we don't we don't mess with that. <laughs> Cole, so final final thought. What's uh what's next on the dissect uh list of, of podcasts? What's what's the next one we can expect? Yeah, we just announced yesterday that we're doing um uh a little mini series on Blackest King. I don't know if you guys Beyonce's film that yep. was on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um we're kind of following up. We did a season on Lemonade and Blackest King dropped essentially like right after we finished. So uh, I got that same team that worked with me on that season and we put together a little seven episode thing. We're actually able to talk to the people that worked on the film and the music. Um, so oh. that's coming out next week wow. and it's like kind of a binge drop. We're doing all seven episodes, one episode a day, all next week. Um, and then season eight, um, we don't, we don't usually announce who the, the artist is, but that's what I'm working on now. That will come out in March. Um, okay. So, that's the immediate future. And then I'm also working on a kind of a spinoff show that should be launching hopefully in the summer. Um, oh shit. So. Daddy in the closet is coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not That's quite dope. there yet. I don't know how Spotify <laughs> would feel about uh, a, a daddy son podcast. <laughs> they better figure it out. That's the wave. <laughs> the new wave. That's dope. Or catch it on clubhouse. All right. <laughs> <laughs> trial run there. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Cole, man. It was a, yeah, it was yeah, a pleasure to appreciate getting to know it, you. Man. Thank you very much. Yeah, very cool. Hi, right, brother. You be good. Yeah, you too. Thank you, guys. Later. Thank you, man. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. 